Hi, I'm Linda. And I'm Craig. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. It's episode 209, and today we're talking about how to learn a language. Yeah, we're going to talk about what are the best ways to learn a language while you're traveling. Yeah, so what have we been up to this week? It's been a bit of a... Uh, a long one, really. It's been a good one, and it's quite appropriate for this topic because we've spoken a lot of Spanish. We um, started off in, oh, we woke up in Rauch after looking and looking for a place to spend the night um, during our road trip with Julia and Natty. And then we went back to La Plata, spent the week with them, and uh, went over to Natty's parents' house for an asada, which is awesome. Oh my goodness, they cook so well. And then on Friday, we came back up to Buenos Aires, where we are now and spent the weekend with couch surfers Melina and Juan and they were really awesome as well they yeah. took us out um, out for the night on Saturday night we left the house at quarter to two got home at 6am not really what we usually do but it was a lot of fun hey yeah Perry Buenos Aires uh, we've also had the chance to uh, meet Crystal who's an Indie Travel Podcast listener and if things go well hopefully we'll be meeting up with another uh, listener here in Buenos Aires this afternoon yeah it should be good and uh well, today, actually, we've just met up. We're heading off on a, a almost three-week, 17-day tour with Intrepid Travel, so that should be really good. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it works, because it's one of their basic packages, so mm. it means that just transport and accommodation and help from the guides included, but there's no activities or things to do, so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out and if it kind of suits us or if we yeah. feel like sheep. <laughs> yeah, we've never really done anything like that before. We've done... I suppose we did the two-day tour on Kangaroo Island, which was all included, everything, you know, go, go, go. Yeah. And then we did that uh, stray bus tour in... In Laos and Thailand. Thailand and Laos, which was, I think, a bit more like what this is, where the, the transport and the... Well, the transport is included. The accommodation is booked for you. We had to pay for that separately. But um, also, the stray tour was hop on, hop off, which, was, which this one isn't. So we'll be with the same other six people for the the next two and a half weeks yeah be interesting let's hope they all shower <laughs> <laughs> they're mostly girls so we should be all right well you can help the indie travel podcast stay traveling by booking through us when you're uh booking your trips and shopping online so visit indietravelpodcast.com slash flights slash hostels and slash insurance and uh, also check out slash tours and slash deals for uh little packages here and there that uh could save you some money and when you're shopping online, visit IndieTravelPodcast.com slash Amazon so that we can get a bit of a commission. We'd really like that. Or get a free audiobook with a two-week trial of Audible through IndieTravelPodcast.com slash audiobook or slash Audible. And our own books, which are awesome, are at IndieTravelPodcast.com slash books. So today we're talking about teaching... Well, sorry, today we're talking about learning a second language, being taught, not teaching. <laughs> Have to remember. Um, and, you know, we have managed to learn passable Spanish in the last uh, couple of years, but we've also been teaching English as a second language since the the very dark and distant days of 2003. 2003 is so, it? Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, I feel old. Um, absolutely. It's terrifying, isn't it? Yeah. So it's almost uh, 10 years of teaching English. <laughs> <laughs> That's eight years. <laughs> Yeah, I know, but the look on your face when I say almost 10 is so worth it. So worth it. So, um, yeah, so I've learned a little bit about what works and what doesn't work through our own experience and through kind of the, the more technical and esoteric knowledge that we picked up being teachers. Yeah, we always try when we're going to a new country to learn at least a few phrases. Uh, hello, goodbye, thank you, one, two, three, that kind of thing. And bathroom, very important. 
But um, it's been really interesting over the last couple of years actually trying to get a grip on a language, really try to be able to speak it and have conversations. And um, so, yeah, we want to talk more about that, you know, getting past the first little steps. Mm. Well, um, the, the first and most important thing is to speak. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're learning a language, well, for travel, you're, for learn, <laughs> you're learning it in order to speak the language. So that means you should speak. Yes. Your main goal is always communication. So you want to be able to communicate with people. And most of the time, that's going to be face-to-face, possibly on the phone, possibly by email. But if you're practicing your speaking, you're also practicing your ability to write. So it doesn't really matter whether you're speaking or writing but yes opening your mouth and letting the words get out definitely a good step yeah I mean a lot of what well I don't know the way I got taught French in school was with lists of vocabulary and with exercises and fill the gaps and but we never really got taught to speak and that means that now I can read a little bit of French but I can't say anything, I can't communicate anything. So three years, ten, ten hours a week maybe. Yeah. Complete waste of time. And yeah, that's insane. that's terrible. And but with Spanish I was able to have a very short, very simple conversation after our first thirty minute lesson. Yeah. And so that's been a huge huge difference. If you're learning by yourself, don't worry about the grammary stuff, just find a way to start speaking from day one. Yeah, one of the things that I found the most useful when we first started learning Spanish seriously was getting onto the language networks like um, Busu, Aitokai, Lingua Hero. And um, what I did was I made friends with people and I just started chatting with them. So it was text chat, um, you know, instant messages kind of thing. And that was really good because you had extra time to think about what you were saying. They would say something. You'd have no idea what it was, so you'd use Google Translate to translate it. I always kept a notebook by, beside me so I could write down the new words. And uh, then I'd try to use them in the conversation. Mm. And quite a lot of the time, they'd correct me so I could uh, keep improving. And it was really good because I was using the language. I was, I was speaking, not with my mouth, but I was, I was communicating. It was a lot faster than writing an email you know, stopping and thinking about the grammars. Mm. It was instant communication. And it's a conversational style as well, which is exactly what you want. Yeah, and because I was meeting lots of new people, I was practicing that basic, hello, hello, what's your name? My name's Linda. Where are you from? I'm from New Zealand. You know, all of this kind of thing, which is what you need to practice the most. (laughs) Yeah. And then eventually, after a couple of months, um, we moved on to talking on the telephone on Skype, and it was quite scary. But, uh, yeah, it's it's worked out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I remember once um, I got a short-term contract teaching at what we referred to as an IELTS factory. Oh, yeah. Um, IELTS is a really important examination for students that want to go to university um, in, a, in an English-speaking country. So if they're coming from a place where English isn't the native language. So we were... Well, the school was teaching these students to pass the exam. IELTS exam... So they could, and at, at university level, so they could read university level texts and answer comprehension questions. They could listen to a portion of a lecture and understand the gist and the meaning of it. They could write formal essays of 500 words. But for the life of them, they couldn't, you know, hold a conversation in a mm-hmm. bar. They couldn't talk to you about the stuff they just heard about or read about. And it was the great, it's a great 
failing of mm. the way students are taught to prepare for this exam. But it really proves you can be highly proficient in reading and writing a language, but not be able to communicate it. These yeah. were kids that had studied for several years. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they still couldn't communicate in a in a normal everyday situation. But well, we've found the same in Spanish, haven't we? That yeah. we can read and listen a lot to a much higher level than we can actually produce. There's mm. always a lot of words we recognize that we couldn't actually say <laughs> off the top of our heads. Like the other day you were trying to explain what a crutch was, and I know that word. I know that word. Yeah. I've, I've talked about it. I've used it, but it just wouldn't come into my head. And when Melina mm. said it, I was like, of course it's Melita. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's very frustrating. Yeah. So that's why you need to speak, because if you're speaking, you're activating all that knowledge as well. You're, you're trying to use it. Yeah. Um, so... Well, I guess something else that ties in with language learning, social networks, speaking, and travel is uh, couch surfing. Oh, yeah. Which is how we met Melina that Linda just mentioned. Uh, we stayed with her and her partner Juan for the last three days, and they don't speak English. Well, they might speak English. I think Melina can definitely read a lot of English. But oh, really? Not that we'd know because we didn't speak to them in English no. at all. <laughs> yeah, so we, we communicated in Spanish, sometimes haltingly on my part. but oh, um, Both of us. <laughs> It's it's a great network. It's a chance if you're sitting at home wanting to learn a language, then maybe by joining Couchsurfing you can go to meetups in your area yeah. and, and meet people that speak it. Well, that's exactly or, what I did back uh, yeah. home. I um there was a a Couchsurfing meetup every Wednesday for people who wanted to practice Spanish. I went there a few times and I met a girl called Ellie, and um, we decided to do kind of our own private intercambio. Um, and so we met up once a week and spoke English for an hour and Spanish for an hour and now we're really good friends and it's quite funny because she's in New Zealand and I'm in Argentina so she's in my country and I'm in hers <laughs> but it was a really good way to meet her because she was looking for someone to help her with her English I was looking for someone to help me with my Spanish and it's all worked out very well yeah so I think if there's nothing else you get out of this podcast this would be the number one thing. Speak. You want to learn to speak a language? Speak it. Actually, start speaking. And it's so, yeah. it's so, it sounds like such a dumb thing to say, and I sound like I'm being really... I oh, sound no, to myself so like I'm being patronizing, but often in language schools and the way we're taught to learn a language, we're not told to speak. So no, it seems, you're supposed to go and study and It seems really counterintuitive, grammar. yeah. Yeah. And while we're talking about resources, uh, we can talk about Benny, because Benny mm. uses couchsurfing all the time as well. He's um, amazing. I don't know how many hundreds of languages he speaks. <laughs> 900. But, no, um, it's about a dozen now, I think. Yeah, something like that. He's learning Klingon at the moment. Is he? That's his, yeah, he's learning an artificial language. Awesome. Awesome. A completely fictional language. Yes. Yeah, awesome. Just for the hell of it. Do they speak Elvish yet? <laughs> no. <laughs> don't think so. He speaks Esperanto, which is an artificial language. Um... But it's not fictional. It's actually designed for real use as a lingua franca. Mm. But um, oh, anyway, yeah. Benny, 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 the Irish polyglot. We met him through couchsurfing. We'd heard, you know, we'd kind of seen his website, which is fluentin3months.com, and um, we were in Berlin while he was there. So we went and stayed with him for a couple of days. And he uses couchsurfing to keep his languages up. He speaks at least eight fluently, which is quite amazing but also quite difficult to keep up. So he hosts people, and he makes sure he chooses people who speak the languages he has learned. So he'll have some people from Brazil one week to practice his Portuguese, and then some, some people from Paris the next week to practice his French, etc., etc., which is a brilliant way to do it. And if you're stuck in a city 
but you've got a spare room or a spare couch, that's something that you could do too. Mm. And um, I definitely recommend his book, which is Fluent in, fluent in Three Months, isn't it? No, oh, it's, no the, it's the Language Hacking it's Guide. It's the Language Hacking Guide, that's right. And uh, you can visit IndieTravelPodcast.com slash fluent to learn more about that. Well, moving away from resources and on to uh, something anyone can do is to use repetition to get things mm-hmm. flowing. So we've got basic phrases that we use all the time. Hi, how are you? You use it a dozen times a day or more. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like, and normally in my case, I'd like a coffee. Um <laughs> And or so I'd like a beer, or I'd like a wine. Yeah, the beautiful so thing about that phrase is you can substitute one word, and you've got like three <laughs> phrases. Except in Spanish, where you need to change the article, erg, masculine and feminine, erg. Um, terrible, terrible thing. Um, but yeah, by using repetition, you can become extremely fluent in very, very basic social settings. Yeah, and you, it doesn't take much work. So this is uh, what I'd recommend you do to, uh, to get started. Choose a couple of these phrases that you use all the time. Repeat them to yourself over and over and over and over again until you can say them just like the local guy that's sitting next to you at the bar mm-hmm. or in the cafe. Yeah, and if you are in a cafe, just uh, listen to how they say it and then kind of mutter it under your breath. That's what I do. It's a little <laughs> yes. bit embarrassing for Craig, but... <laughs> yes... Or wait and say it again later, but you know. Yeah, because you want to get the 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 rhythm and the the intonation and the tone of someone in this case asking for a coffee, and you want to make sure that they sound polite and well educated as well, yes. so you don't end up sounding, don't get the tone, you know, yeah. sounding arrogant or something. <laughs> yeah, because that would be that would be uh, just as bad, really. But then you've got like a little a little conversation that you can have with yourself like mm-hmm. hi hi how are you good thanks and you fine i'd like your coffee okay anything else no thanks that was fun did you enjoy that i did i did <laughs> i talked to myself quite a lot but um do you want to do uh, another one go on no. go on you know you want to don't will you do one with me <laughs> okay can i have the bill please it's eight dollars here you are thanks you're welcome that was See? fun too. <laughs> That's the end of the previous conversation with the coffee, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Only like, I got to be involved this time. Yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> no worries. No worries. Um, but like phrases like that, you will use them all the time. And you can practice them at home and you can know how to say it. And yeah. you can have the confidence just to pull it out by repeating it dozens and dozens and dozens of time to yourself yeah these conversations are about the limit of our german <laughs> yes <laughs> but we can find our way around a german menu so we're fine people ask us how's your german and we're like in restaurants it's awesome <laughs> yeah yeah we can ask for a menu we can read it and we can ask for items on the menu then we can pay the bill and <laughs> yep. leave it's brilliant <laughs> yeah we haven't quite got around to the chilean way of leaving Without paying the bill. (laughs) We never actually did that, despite being with a Chilean. (laughs) It was uh, quite often discussed, however. Yeah, so we're going to do a dead dog? No. No, we're still going to pay the bill. (laughs) But we've been waiting for half an hour. Are we going to do a dead dog? No, we're not going to (laughs) do a dead dog. (laughs) So, um, with repetition, uh, the normal way that you think about using it is by using flashcards and things like that to build up vocabulary. But it's actually 
better when you're first starting off to start with functional phrases. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what's your name? My name's. Yeah. Where are you from? I'm from. And and these kind of restaurant, cafe, hotel kind of things. Don't just read them you do? and know don't them. Don't learn like all of the f- names of fruits to begin with. Yeah, so, you know many, how, so many books. Oh. How often you use fruit words? Yeah. Not very often. And you can always point to the fruit you want. That's right. But all language learning books has like a chapter on fruit and like page 10 or... It's, it's weird. Insane. It's very strange. Insane. Well, I still don't know most of the fruits in Spanish and I don't have a need for it. When am I going to use that? <laughs> no, I've got the basics. <laughs> We're good. Well... Um, so anyway, flashcards um, or flashcard software if you're using like an iPod or Android or something like that. Um, there's a few issues with them that you often don't think about when you start learning. Do you want to recognize the words or do you want to be able to speak the words is a big mm-hmm. one. Because if you have, in our case, the Spanish word and then the English word, you're learning, you're training your brain to recognize what the Spanish word is, which is Great when you want to be able to read something. Yes. But if you actually want to activate that vocabulary, you want to turn your flashcards around so you see the English word and you think of the Spanish yes. word. So you're always seeing or your better. native language and thinking about the target language. Or better, if you can have... Oh, there's not very many um, flashcard programs out there, but if you could have an image instead of your native language so that you can think exclusively in the target language yeah it would be a lot better that is um yeah because you're much better off connecting your vocabulary with physical items rather than having to run it through a translation in your head yeah of uh of what it is but yeah it can get a bit tricky to do non-concrete things with images i think our personal theory is when you're first starting it's okay to translate but when you get up to a higher level you should be starting to think exclusively in the target language. Yeah. So that's why we've got grammar books in Spanish with no English involved. Because I find it really distracting, actually, reading a description in English and then having to think in Spanish. It's just too hard. Mm. It is, it is, <laughs> definitely. Um, the software that I've got is called iVocabulary. It's a it's a Apple OS app. And it uh, allows you to use images, so you can oh, take really? photos of things and connect them with hey, words. Hey, that's cool. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah, it is. It's good. Um, and so next thing connected with this is there's no point in learning just words by themselves. You want to always be thinking about situations where you could use those words. So yeah. having, you know, a, a creative imagination and imagining the conversations you might have with that yeah and then throwing them into sentences so yeah you'll take longer to go through your deck of flashcards but if you can just every time the word comes up try and think about where it would go yeah and um because then if you're learning for example adjectives you know that they need to describe something so what can this word describe if the word is blue you could say oh it's a blue t-shirt or something like that yeah and then how might you use that well you might see someone in a bar and go oh nice t-shirt yeah. and then you can kind of falsify it a little bit and go oh that's a, a nice, nice blue, blue t-shirt. t-shirt yeah or i want to buy a blue t-shirt mm, something yeah. like that yeah so think about the f- the this functional situations where you might use it and always 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 
think about communication when you're when you're doing your uh, your vocab. If you're looking for a flashcard app for your iPhone or iPod, spaced, repeti- spaced repetition systems are really good. They can be a bit expensive. I think we were looking at one that was about twenty dollars. Mm. But um, what they do is they build up intelligent flashcards. So as you're going through your deck, you mark whether you have learned it, whether it's new to you completely, or somewhere in the middle. And um, it will throw up that word more or less often, mm. depending on how well you know it. Yeah, SRS is quite a, not complex, but a, a well-documented form of bringing new items back to the fore at the right mm-hmm. time. Yeah. So it might show you at day one, day two, day three, day five, day eight, day 12, day 14. And then and day 400 or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. So, so it... it literally spaces it out in order to to keep it fresh and give your brain just enough time for it to be sliding away and then bring it back and remind you yeah and then if if you've lost it at any point you can throw it back into the the start of the pile again and it will it will drill drill you on it for several days and then let it slide yeah back so yeah really quite clever stuff so next up in your language learning journey, something really important to do is immerse yourself as much as possible. The more input you get, the more comfortable you'll be with your, your target language. So if you can just listen to things, read books, I'd go to the library and get children's books out. I remember the first book I read in Spanish was Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and I was so excited because I opened the first page, and it was all about the grandparents, and I'd learned the word abuelas, the abuelos, and you know, it was just, I could read everything on the first page and it was so exciting. <laughs> and yeah, so if you can watch movies, listen to pop music, anything you like. Yeah, um, I've recently turned my uh, my iPhone operating system into Spanish. Uh-huh. So I sometimes sit there going, what does this all, mean? <laughs> all, all I want to do is save this. Which of these words <laughs> means to save? Oh no, if I push the wrong button, my email disappears forever. <laughs> Um, Here's a hint, it isn't borar. <laughs> yes, yes, I knew that one, because the teacher used to borar the blackboard. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, so do whatever you can to, to surround yourself with the language. If you can't travel to the country with your target language, then yeah, do do whatever you can to to get, get it around you. Yeah, I found it really useful um, getting a lot of podcasts in Spanish. There are lots for learners. There's lots for, yeah, almost every language. Yeah, there's heaps for almost every language. But I found uh, a news program. I found one about travel, which is obviously good for us. Um, And I had a a few for language learners, so they spoke more slowly. There's one called News in Slow Spanish, which is a bit too slow for us now. But it was a really good place to start because I'd sit there and go, I think I understand. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And I also listen to really, really spectacularly bad Spanish pop. But I think... um, Oh, yes. Yes, yes, I did. It was fun. I enjoyed it, and it put me in a good mood. But I think making friends was the number one thing that I did that Mm. really worked. Because I've got all these friends now, and I just want to talk to them. And I've got to speak Spanish. So, I mean, I got an email from Luis, the Chilean lawyer, the other day. And, you know, it's kind of rude not to reply to an email. So I had to sit down and, and write a little letter. It was good. Yeah. Yeah, good practice. Very good practice. Uh, Well, the last point I thought we'd make is kind of circling back to the first point again, but it's this. Grammar is good, but speaking is better. Yeah, grammar is important. You do need to understand the grammar to be able to speak well. 
And I think getting a grammar book might be really useful or doing some exercises online, but just make sure once you've learned something that you then go and use it. Because mm. that was my problem. You know, when we were in Peru, we were doing two hours of lessons a day for three weeks. And my teacher basically just gave me the grammar. I'd learned the present and some of the past at that point, And we did everything. I learned the future as well. But she introduced me to all forms of the subjunctive, which is something really hard and quite advanced. And I've only recently kind of got my head around it. And this is a year and a half later. Yeah. So... Um, because I couldn't apply it mm. because I hadn't really learned the past or the future yeah. and I wasn't using that well. So I think what I'd probably recommend you do is learn one tense really well, learn the present, then learn the past and then the future and just try to speak as much as you can in that tense. Mm. And good things about those is that you can, like we talked earlier about having these little functional phrases that you can use and throwing your vocabulary into these functional phrases Mm -hmm. well then as you've learned the past you can come up with a couple of little two to three sentence stories that you tell often about I don't know just little knick-knacky things Um, maybe things you see on the street something about a bike or your first car or things like that that you can use all of the time whenever you're walking down the street with someone Mm -hmm. there's a pause in the conversation and if you can say oh that car looks like my first car I bought it in blah blah it was Uh blah blah Um, that starts a whole new conversation and because you can say that bit fluently because you've got it and you've practiced it and you have the conversation starter everything else just goes from there and over time, you can learn at what point in the conversation you get hopelessly lost <laughs> and you need more specific vocabulary to, yeah. to get there. And, and that works really, really well. Yeah, we practice quite a lot of ones about our trip, you know, when we first arrived or our trip last year, things yeah. like that. And that's been really good. Yeah, and our plans for the future. When you're traveling, it's obviously pretty easy. I'm going to go here. Mm-hmm. I want to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... It, it just all works. Just keep throwing everything back into into ways you can communicate. Yeah, um, yeah we just spent two weeks at ex-Spanish language school, which is, I don't know, about 500 meters away from the hotel we're in today. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it was really helpful for me, having learned to communicate, having learned a, a bunch of kind of questions and answers that come up all the time and to actually begin to recognize some of the grammatical patterns behind it yeah so I could then try and apply that to other sentences and other structures and have a teacher there to go yeah that's right yeah that's right no that's really not right (laughs) um and yeah so the grammar was really helpful and it's increased my ability to to speak and communicate what I want to but I found I, like, after I first went, I went into a class that my grammar ability tested me at. And my Spanish was so much better than everyone else in the class. Mm -hmm. I had more vocabulary. I could speak more fluently. I could communicate a lot better. But your Um, grammar was shocking. But my grammar was at the same level as everyone else. So I had to kind of be bumped up a couple of classes um, in order to have students at at the same level of communication and then I was playing catch-up on the, on on the, the grammar. grammar. Yeah. So, 
you know, grammar's good, it's helpful, but yeah, speaking is just that's what you want to do. Yeah, and you can do it without having the grammatical basis, as yep. long as you're listening a lot and using a lot of, well, getting a lot of real life input. Definitely. Yeah, I think for me, I found that I got quite a lot of grammar in the last couple of weeks, but not too much. But after we finished school and I went away to try and speak again, I was thinking about grammar. So I think a trick would be don't try to learn too much grammar. Just learn one thing at a time and make sure you get that one thing before you move on to the next thing. Yeah, you, yeah. No, I found the balance theoretic Spanish really good as well between the communication stuff oh, we did, the vocabulary and the grammar and, and the way our, our course balanced out. Yeah. But yeah, it was still overload. At the end of two weeks, I was ready just to go away for a month or two, keep revising my notes, keep trying to to pull it together until it became or hopefully it will become uh, <laughs> more fluent and more natural to pull the correct yeah. form yeah. Um, out of my, my active memory instead of just going oh yeah when you do the past preterite you should do this this and this uh-huh. yeah. you know it's it's got to become natural it's got to become fluent and then maybe like I don't know, maybe when we hit Colombia or want to break in Peru in, in four or six months, maybe we'll stop and do another couple of weeks. And yeah, that might be a good idea. That'll probably be enough, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Really, so, really interesting. In summary, if you want to learn a language, just do it. Just do it. Just do it. <laughs> Start now and, um, you know, get some flashcards, learn some phrases, and speak as much as you can. Well, let's take a look at community wisdom this week. Well, first up, we launched The Art of Couples Travel, uh, our new book. Very it's, exciting. Uh, very good. You should definitely read very it. Very cool. You can find that at IndieTravelPodcast.com slash books. Um, in the community, people are asking questions like, have you got a rabies vaccination and should should you? What's the point? Um, there's a question on Africa at the moment, so I'm a bit unsure about... Uh, about things, I guess, with the recent political problems and uh, issues mm-hmm. up in the north. There's a discussion about advice for Iguazu Falls on the Argentinian and the Brazilian side. Yep, that was my question, because we're going back there and I don't have all my notes. <laughs> so <laughs> we wrote a really good article. I wrote a really good article about that. Yeah. It's all there. Why don't you just look it up? <laughs> if you've got better advice for us, <laughs> check it out. Um, and Gold's talking about walking the Te Araroa track, the long pathway. We mentioned this last week. Still jealous. Um, but yeah, go go take a look. Oh, and we've put up an extra 100 or so photos in the South America photo gallery. Yep. Lots of street art. Yeah. Oh, I just, I love that tour so much. <laughs> well, if you've got some photos to add, some questions to ask, or you can answer these or any of a couple of dozen more questions on the community make sure you drop by at indietravelpodcast.com and in other news the mongol rally team has arrived in mongolia so that's really exciting and they've not only arrived in mongolia i got an email just a few hours ago saying they've uh, crossed the finish line so they've completed the mongol rally they've arrived in ulaanbaatar and uh the car is still actually running yeah it's held, held together by number eight fencing wire yep. so um, i think they should have packed much think, more duct tape <laughs> i thought that was so appropriate that a um the it's kind of a new zealand thing to hold things together with fencing wire yeah um number eight wire we call it 
And so it, it was quite appropriate that a New Zealand company sponsored the vehicle for them, <laughs> and they crossed the finish line with the, the muffler and various other parts being held on by number eight wire. Awesome. Very appropriate. Yeah. Don't forget that you can help the Indie Travel Podcast stay traveling by booking through us. So visit IndieTravelPodcast.com slash flights, slash hostels, slash tours, and slash insurance when you're booking your travel online. And don't forget there's travel deals updating every day at IndieTravelPodcast.com slash deals. Yeah, there's uh, Art of Solo Travel and now Art of Couples Travel along with uh, a couple of other travel books at IndieTravelPodcast.com slash books. If you don't want to read what we've written, then IndieTravelPodcast.com slash Amazon and slash audiobooks will uh, help you get some new reading material and help us out with a small commission. And for some non-monetary ways of helping us out, don't forget to tell your friends and family and everyone you know about Indie Travel Podcast. Invite them to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Indie Travel or leave a five-star review for us on iTunes. Well, last uh, last afternoon in Buenos Aires, hopefully we'll go and meet a listener, but I think after uh, some long nights this weekend, it's time for a break before we travel thousands of miles over 18 days. Are you planning a break? Days. I'm going to do some grammar study. Have fun with that. <laughs> Well, that's us for this week. Until next week, travel well.